Hi, and welcome to No Crying in Baseball, episode 32, or as we like to call it, Patty's Day After Birthday episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Happy birthday, Patty, one day late. But I said it a lot yesterday. We had a blast. We had such a good time. We went to see the Dodgers play the Nationals, which didn't turn out well because I think they didn't get the message. Although there was the Jumbotron birthday message for me, which made me very happy. You guys took very good care of me, and I'm so grateful. Thank you for the happiest birthday. It was really fun, except for we didn't do the shots off the skis at the Big Stick. I was never going to do that. That was not really part of my birthday. For your birthday, we'll go back, Potty Mouth, and we'll do the shot skis. There we go. Well, you guys will do the shot skis. I will take the pictures and cower in embarrassment. It's what I do. It's not all birthdays. There are some crappy things that are happening to counter the birthday joy. Yeah, I really hate to take this downward turn, but I think we just have to mention this. There's another fucking tragedy. I am so fucking sick of this. School shootings. As a teacher and a parent of an adolescent, it's so hard every time This news comes out. So another one in Texas. Pretty close to Houston. So the Houston Astros responded. And I think what I wanted to focus on, because we're a baseball podcast, is the importance of the sports world in dealing with these tragedies and keeping us all sane. So number one, there's the response. The response from our heroes, from the sports stars that we follow, from the teams that are in these communities that are directly affected, Houston Astros. It's interesting that when being interviewed, the manager of the team, for instance, A.J. Hinch, is asked about the school shooting. It's not a baseball question, but it's the community, like you said. So he was asked about the school shooting, and his response was, I don't want to offer any more condolences. I want to find answers, which is those are strong words. He doesn't have to do that. He could just do the whole thoughts and prayers thing and move on, but he didn't. Yeah, and the players are doing the same thing, too. I know Carlos Correa had a tweet about it. I'm not sure who else. Um, And in crossing over into other sports, this is amazing. I don't know if I can get through this without choking up. J.J. Watt, a football player, Houston, is paying for all of the funerals. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that really hits hard. These people are, are taking it seriously, taking it hard. And I just have incredible appreciation for the sports world stepping in like this in these this sort of double way that, first of all, it's showing this caring, it's showing the community come together, and then also providing a distraction for us. Because if we wallow in this, it's just overwhelming. So it's really nice to read the news and then be able to take a break, turn on the baseball, escape for a little while. And support the team that's doing both of those things for you. Yeah. You really do. You are a part of one community. And I love those Astros. I can tell you that. I do, too. I also love Javi Baez, who is my Cubs boyfriend. Javi is having a bad week. I think we can use the S word. The S word is slump. That's not my S word. No, that is my S word for Javi Baez, and it is (laughs) slump. Gotcha. Although he may use your S word to describe his slump. He batted 115. This past Holy week. Holy shit. This that's is worth, bad. worse than the pitchers. This is what is it? Right, exactly. And speaking of pitchers, he also got into it with um with the Reds reliever, Amir Garrett. Okay. The Reds. The Reds. Man. Okay. So he's got to be frustrated as all hell. So here's what happened. So Javi's not hitting at all anyway. And then Amir Garrett strikes him out. And he's excited about it because he struck out Javier Baez and he said, Yeah, as soon as he did it. And Javi didn't like that because, number one, you know, 
we can't have fun. We can't celebrate our goodness. But number two, he's already feeling bad. So his response later was, right now, everybody can strike me out. So, you know, big deal that you did this. But of course, there were stares. There were words. There was some bench clearing. It was another bench clearing conversation. Although there was more jostling with this conversation than the last one that we talked about. Rizzo gets in front of Baez and he starts having his very, you know, stressed, very emphatic conversation with Garrett. And and Baez, who's much shorter, is kind of behind him popping up over his shoulder like, yeah, he's taking care of me. Um, But Baez pointed out that, okay, this is about baseball holding a grudge too, right? Mm -hmm. So last year, almost to the day, Baez hit a grand slam off of the same reliever off of Garrett. So he is seeing it as, okay, so now he's happy that he struck me out because I, you know, I, I slammed him last year. Really? Yeah. This is what we do. Now somebody getting hit by a pitch today, probably. And it's that personal frustration letting that get to you because we were talking about that with Salvador Perez and him reacting sort of out of character. Like these are the clowns. These are the guys who are showing their stuff and showboating. But when you're too down, I think maybe that's the difference. Like when you're really in the gutter, it really gets to you. Because we saw a really cute play that we posted between Manny Machado and Christian Vasquez with the with the Orioles at the Red Sox. And Machado, no friends at Fenway whatsoever. He survived a throw at third. He stole third. It was a pickoff attempt to yeah. third base. Yeah. And it was a nice attempt by Vasquez. But when Machado made it, he did this little finger wag with just with stuff. And And he was grinning the whole time, yeah. And then Vasquez returned it with a grin. So it was sort of like that was a good play on both parts. It went my way. So like just a little bit of friendly jabbing. And that's the way these things have to go. I don't know how to defuse these guys who are just in the gutter and feel like I just can't take one more smack, right? I think we just need to try to have more fun and not take it so damn seriously. As we point out, there's enough serious stuff in the world right now for that. And look, here's some serious stuff. Oh, shit, right? You know, speaking of serious stuff, oh, no, Cano, say it ain't so because you're my fantasy boyfriend, bro. And damn it, he's he's caught. Well, he's not for using performance-enhancing drugs, right, PEDs, but he did take a substance. It's uh, ferrosamide. I don't know if I'm saying that right. When he was in the Dominican Republic, which is a masker for PEDs, so it's a diuretic, which I guess the Dominican Republic is not a masker for PEDs. Okay, the the (laughs) fluorescent. Let's back up. Wait, wait, back back, back up for a second. So it's Roberto Cano, second baseman for the Mariners. Wait, wait, Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano. See now, now, I've also been drinking. I apologize. (laughs) Robinson Cano, second baseman for the Mariners. That's who this is happening to. Yeah, from the Dominican Republic. From the Dominican Republic. There we go. So he first got ejected with hit by a pitch and his hand was fractured. And that's when I was like, oh, shit, there goes my fantasy boyfriend, baseball, baseball boyfriend league. And then it comes out that he tests positive for this uh, PED uh, suppressor, right? And he says that he wasn't aware. He got it as part of his treatment in the Dominican Republic. It has a lot of other uses, which I'm sure it does. But he's taking his 80-game suspension because he— had the drug in him. He can't argue that. MLB says this is an 80-game suspension. He also is ineligible for any postseason play if the Mariners get to that point. And then there's the whole Hall of Fame kerfuffle with anybody who's tainted with PEDs at this point is being put on a big waiting list. And who knows if any of them are going to get in. So the 80 games basically takes him out for the rest of the season regardless. That sucks so for me. That's the whole well, it sucks season. for a lot of other people. And I really right. should feel more empathy for Cano and his family. And But damn it. 
Okay. So an interesting thing about the suspension, a couple of things that I read said just testing positive isn't enough for this masking drug is not enough for a suspension. There has to be more behind it with some investigation that that leads MLB to believe that it really is being used as a masker and not for one of the other reasons. So it could be that there's more there. I don't know. But has we that been know. reported? So I haven't seen that. This is all that I've seen. Yeah, and so, it's out there. And the problem is once it's out there, it's right. sort of like you're you're guilty until proven innocent in the world of Major League Baseball as soon as you're tainted. And the first ones to fucking throw him under the bus are his ex-Yankees buddies. <clears throat> no offense to the Yankees, <clears throat> but... Mark Teixeira, one of my least favorite Yankees, was one of the first ones to pipe up and say he wasn't surprised that in those days in the Yankees, he was buddies with A-Rod, A-Rod biogenesis thing, maybe Cano was involved, even though there was no evidence of that at the time. Teixeira has to go and bring that up real nice. Uh, I did see another reaction on Twitter right away in real time, which is the fun of checking out Twitter. Verlander, as soon as it came out, wrote three, two, one. And excuse coming. So sort of saying, oh, here goes another one. He's going to come up with some excuse to explain this away when we don't know. I mean, the reality is no judge, no jury. The, the, the case has not been presented. We don't know if he's guilty or not. So the Mariners are coming to his defense, at least his fellow Mariners, including King Felix Hernandez, the amazing, phenomenal pitcher of the Mariners, has said he's a great guy and he trusts him and he thinks that his word should be considered. So I'm not making any judgments. I do not have enough information on this. So here's the thing about the Hall of Fame. He wouldn't be eligible for a while. He's still playing. Well, not anymore this year, but he will be playing. He can play for several more years. It could be that by the time he's eligible for the Hall of Fame, people will kind of get over the PED thing. Right now, people have really strong feelings. Maybe people will kind of adjust to it and say, ah, not such a big deal anymore at that time. The real problem that I see for the Hall of Fame is that when he misses these 80 games, these are 80 games where he's not running up hit totals and hitting home runs and getting RBIs and all those things that factor into the numbers people look at when it comes to the Hall of Fame. So yeah, he's, he's in it deep right now. That is a problem. Interesting side note to this. He's the second baseman. The Mariners picked up D. Gordon and put him in the outfield for this season. Sort of forced him into the outfield because it was like, if you're going to come, we have a second baseman. And they wanted to try him. That's right. We Mm -hmm. have got a second baseman. We want to try you in the outfield. He's been doing okay Mm -hmm. in the outfield. He is a second baseman. So does this mean... D. Gordon moves back to the infield, and then there's a hole in the outfield. And, you know, my dream is Ichiro says, okay, I was just kidding. I'm coming back. So anyway, there's a lot of open questions about what happens in the hole that Cano is leaving with this 80-game suspension. Well, the hole is also in my lineup, and then the the D. Gordon thing helps your lineup because he'll probably be better at defense and second base. So eep for our fantasy league. Gotta say I'm okay with that. I am so not okay with this. Speaking of fantasy league, two, uh, fantasy league, two of my pitchers are making news again. Corey Kluber of the Fighting Franconas is the first American League pitcher this season to get to seven wins. He is um, he was second only to Max Scherzer of the Nationals, also my pitcher. He got to seven wins a little faster than Kluber did, but they're one and two. Also, with that same win, that same game, Kluber past our pal, Cece Sabathia. Our pal. Our pal. The person we love to talk about on Cleveland's all-time strikeout list. So Kluber is number five. 
Sabathia was number five. He I got to say, Sabathia was a little bit more sympathetic. Like I could deal with him better when he was on the Cleveland team as opposed to the New York team. Me too, as a Clevelander. The but, other cool thing about Max these days is he got to 100 strikeouts in only 63 innings And pitched. we saw that. That was your birthday. We, 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 we saw him do that, and that was the fastest a pitcher has ever gotten to 100 strikeouts. So yay, Max. Thanks for that. Weirdly, Scherzer is batting 302, which <laughs> is way better than Javier Baez right now. And last night threw 121 pitches, which he rationalized by saying, we had a bunch of rain delays. So his his start got pushed back, so we had a lot of rest, and he knew that he was going to get like another six days of rest. So he fought his way back for the sixth inning. He was already over 100 pitches. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything with my arm for a while. Let me in. And he pitched great. He had 13 strikeouts, and we still lost the damn game. Right, but not under Scherzer, damn it. Well, talking about pitchers on Fantasy League, I just got to add a little bit about my Astros pitchers and maybe why my number one team has been doing so well. The top three ERAs in all of the American League are all Astros pitchers. We've got Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Mr. Morton, subject of the sentence. You will be pleased to know that I saw something which said they're probably going to go one, two, three in the AL Cy Young voting this year. Yay, that would be so fun. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be so fun. I keep saying Corey Kluber, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm good with that. Speaking of pitchers, or maybe speaking of hitters, it's time for (laughs) Otani Watch. Hey, last week it was Mother's Day, and we knew that Otani was about to pitch. That inning, he had 11 strikeouts. Not too bad. That inning or that game? That Oh, shit. Because that, right. be yeah, that would be weird and cool <laughs> that, and that outrageous. Game, that day. Okay. Okay, Ooh. that's me reading while talking at the same time. Did not go well. <laughs> hey, reverse. Mother's Day. He had 11 strikeouts. And then, this was in a series with the Astros, then he switched to the other side of the plate and hitting, he was the victim of strikeout number 2,500 for my buddy, Justin Verlander, who's actually now second in active active pitchers with strikeouts to fucking CeCe Zabathia. We we can't stop talking about CeCe Zabathia. How can he be leading? And I'm like, where's Big Sexy? Come on, Cologne, you've been around for a while. Move it up. He's got to be doing well. So yay to Verlander. And especially endearing is this quote of his when they asked him about his 2,500th, I think that's how you say it, strikeout. He said, when I'm a grandfather on my deathbed, I'll be like, yeah, my 2,500th strikeout was against that guy, sort of implying that great things will be coming of Otani. I like it. Now, I'm wondering if we're going to see Otani do great things here during All-Star Week because there's a rumor. There's a rumor, and we do love our rumors, Mm -hmm. that Otani may want to hit in the home run derby, which would be a hoot and a half. And we'll be there, and we'll tell you all about it. That would be so great to see him. Cool thing that's happening today, sort of as even as we speak, actually, the Nationals, who— Oh, my God. They have so many people on the DL right now. They are second only to the Rangers. The Rangers have 12 current players on the DL. The Nats have 11 current players on the DL, including Howie Kendrick, who just went out for the entire Damn. season with an Achilles thing. So it's it's bad news. It's good news for Juan Soto. Juan Soto has been a superstar in, in the pipeline, in the minor league pipeline. Mm-hmm. The number 15 prospect overall for the, for the major leagues, the number two prospect for the Nationals. Juan is 19 years old, and the Nationals <laughs> brought him up 
today. That's amazing. Today. I have a kid who is 17. I can't even imagine somebody who's 19 having the poise and the talent and the skill to be ready for the major leagues. But haven't the Nationals done that before? There is a precedent. The last time the Nationals brought up a 19-year-old, his name was Bryce Harper. I recall that. Good things happened. That was 2012, and I believe Bryce Harper met Juan Soto in the dugout with a welcoming oh, hug that's today. The best. That's right? The best. Isn't that awesome? So um, they weren't going to start Soto today because uh, right now they're um, they've got a left-handed pitcher from the Dodgers working against them. They don't want him to. They have his like debut against a left-handed pitcher. He may go in later. I don't know, but they do see him as the regular left fielder pretty wow. much from here on out. So good luck to you, Juan Soto, and welcome. We talked the other week about the panda. Pitching, right? The, oh yeah, we we like when when um when position players have an inning of pitching. Well, it happened again. This time, it happened to the Phillies to uh, Pedro Florimon, who is the shortstop of the Phillies. The Phillies were being trounced by the Cardinals nine to two. Oh, so sad. And Kapler's like, okay, I can. I, there's no reason to burn out my bullpen on this. Hey, shortstop guy. Hey, Pedro, come on over. You want to pitch? And I think he actually pitched an inning earlier in the season already. He pitched a scoreless inning, got the side out in 14 pitches, which is about right. I mean, that's a spectacular pitch count for an inning. But the hilarious part is when the inning turned over, so top of the ninth, he goes in as a batter. And he's batting in the pitcher spot, so he's listed as the relief pitcher. Hits a home run. The home run then gets put in the books as the first home run by a relief pitcher for the Phillies since 1970. So rock on position players pitching. And rock on rookie Kapler for coming back with how to deal with pitching situations. This is pretty amazing. He's really making up for errors perhaps (laughs) in the past. I, I can't believe what I'm going to say now. And I'm I'm saying it because we made a Yankees friend, right? We Last made a week. couple of Yankees we made friends. Some, Yankees fans were actually, I have to say it, really nice when we were there at the game that did not end. It literally didn't end because it ended with a tie game in what was it, the fifth, sixth inning? And then it was postponed and they were going to make it up the next day. Now they're going to make up the suspended game in June. June. Right. But the, the guys in front of us, there were just a whole bunch a whole line, the a entire whole bunch row. of pinstripes in front of us. And we thought, oh, this is going to be bad. And they were really nice. We started chatting with them about walk-up songs and about all kinds of stuff. And the best part was this was while the Washington Capitals were playing in a playoff game. Oh, right, right. And they all pulled out their phones because they're local guys. I mean, they're transplants. So they're, they're Capitals fans. Like us. So well. they're, they're streaming the hockey game on their phones. And so we kind of said, do you mind if we watch over your shoulders? So we're watching hockey over their pinstripe shoulders in between batters at the Nationals game. So- Thank you. Thank you, Yankees fans, for being good guys. You're our new best friends. And in that spirit, I'm going to say three nice things about the Yankees right now. Number one, they had a really good commercial with women. Like, it was just a commercial about watching Yankees baseball with women watching baseball, not wearing pink, looking like they knew what they were doing, not hanging on their guys' arms. Just a positive women watching baseball commercial. We need more of that Thank you, Yankees. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Number two, (laughs) they wrote a $10,000 check to uh, the ALS fund when they were playing against the A's and the whole thing that we have talked about before with Stephen Piscotty's mom who died recently. I think this was the first series after that. It was was right on the, the timeline there. 
and they did a pregame thing with the check. Nice gesture by the Yankees. Number three, and I can't believe I picked this up in Boston Sports News, which I follow with love, that the the Yankees sent flowers to the family of a fallen police officer on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. And of course, that put up some flags, everybody saying, what are they doing sending these flowers? Turns out that quietly, without telling anybody, the Yankees have been doing this across the nation, sending flowers to the families of fallen police officers. It started in New York, and then they spread it out, and they haven't made a big deal about it. They haven't put it on the news. We are now congratulating them for that and saying that's an amazing gesture. So three nice things about the Yankees. I I think I'm done. You did it very well, and those are all real things, and thank you, our our new Yankees fan friends. We appreciate you. I'm going to help you feel better about saying nice things about the Yankees by resurrecting a little bit of Jeter hate. Always good with that. Just a little bit, because it's funny and horrible and are you kidding me in nature. Extra good. We spoke a few episodes ago about how Marlins Man went off to the British Virgin Islands to find this sort of mysterious headquarters for the Miami Marlins, which is supposed to be a foreign-owned corporation now. And remember, he discovered that it was a post office box in the British Virgin Islands. Well, he didn't go by himself. He went with a man named Andy Slater, who is a sports radio host. Smart guy, that Marlins man. Way to do it. All right. So he brought media with him, right? Well... The Marlins were not happy about this trip happening hmm. and about the results of this trip. Interesting. They have pulled the the press credentials of <laughs> said Andy Slater, sports radio of host, they have. because they found his coverage, and I quote, bothersome. Oh, that's very polite. My whole thing is, you know, if your team was winning and there were other things to talk about, perhaps the coverage would be less bothersome. A fun fact, local to us here in your nation's capital, our pal Adam Jones. My ex-boyfriend, currently your daughter's boyfriend. That's right, of the Baltimore Orioles. And my daughter's boyfriend. See how these things go around. It's so confusing. It's so confusing. Adam Jones, who I love, bought Cal Ripken Jr.'s estate in Baltimore County. Fun fact about Cal Ripken Jr., when I went with Potty Mouth to see the Orioles at Fenway Park, my daughter was wearing an O's jersey and was stopped and said, the only O's jersey we allow in this park is Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> I so there's remember the, that. Yeah, That's oh, awesome. Oh, oh, I do. I do. That's cool. So anyway, so so um, Cal Ripken Jr.'s had his estate up for sale for a while. They had an auction last weekend. Adam Jones bought it. He claims it's as an investment. A lot of Baltimore fans are hoping it means he's staying. Uh, Who knows? But yeah, to entice him that. to stay, this estate has a pool, a baseball diamond, an indoor basketball court, and a training gym. So maybe he'll invite us over for a little boyfriend party. Woo! Yeah, that sounds fun. Missed out on that bid. Continuing on a little bit of the Mexico thread that we had last week... The Mexican League, La Liga Mexicano de Baseball, LMB, which I think is kind of cool because we're at MLB. But anyway, they're outdoing us. They started the first female umpire last week on May 15th. Luz Alicia Gordoa 
is now working full-time as an umpire for the LMB. She has a lot of experience being an umpire. She started out with soccer, interestingly. She played softball herself. She umped a little bit with softball, umped their version of double-A, and then went to the Mexican Winter League before this debut now. And she's umping third base, which is just so cool. And I'll try to find the video. I do have it somewhere where we can post it of, of the first introduction of all the umpires coming out. I think the quote from her says it all. She said, my dream isn't just to debut as the first female umpire and that's it. It's to have a career for many years as long as my body can handle it. (laughs) Amen to that, sister. Good luck. That's fantastic news. I'm very happy. I don't have actual baseball math for you. Oh, damn. But, I need know, practice. But I'm going to talk about gambling, and there's math involved in gambling. I'm just not going to share the math part of this. Okay, I'm good with that. If you follow, say, sports or, say, the Supreme Court, either one of those things. That's my house that's right there. <laughs> you may have seen the news that the Supreme Court made a ruling this week that individual states can control sports betting. It has lifted the ban on sports betting. It's making sports betting legal and giving the control over how it's going to happen to the states. Much mayhem, many hijinks, lots of things ensued is what I'm trying to say about this. So many questions. Right. There's a lot of questions about this. And one of them is how it affects baseball. There's less betting on baseball than other sports, but baseball has always been this America's pastime sport that we put on a pedestal and we want to believe it's squeaky Mm -hmm. clean. Disregard (laughs) all the stories we've told you so far today that prove that it's not. Not so much. But as far as things like gambling, you know, we still tell tell the story about the Black Sox throwing the World Series. Mm -hmm. We still talk about Pete Rose gambling. There's a lot... You know, we we do, we don't let go of those things, yeah. right? We're we're sort of on paper, on paper. We're you know, <laughs> online uh, in we're public online on record. We are anti gambling for for baseball, but under that, everybody's doing some sort of sports betting, right? There it might be just be March Madness. It could be anything, but there's a lo- sports betting is becoming sort of more and more usual. So yeah. I think that's part of what has happened here. So. Interesting things about this is now everybody's fighting for control over this. All the the major sports leagues, whether it's baseball or uh-huh. football or hockey, they all want a piece of it, and they clear, they say, "Oh, this one percent or two percent is going to be so we can help regulate this because we know how good baseball is at regulating things." That's all baseball wants to do anymore is regulate Make stuff. Make fucking rules. Make fucking rules. And oh, you said that. I did. I did. Well, it's true here. It's true. See, right. I. You know what? When you don't swear a lot, it has more power. <laughs> so you, you noticed, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. notice when you well, – I do notice when you swear. Never mind. <laughs> there is uh, there's some thought pieces that have been put mm-hmm. out about how is this going to change how we watch sports. And you and I were talking about – I mean, we were at a game yesterday, mm-hmm. and now that we're playing fantasy baseball, that changes how we watch even our home team yeah. game. It's like, oh, yay, go Nats, except for, oh, no, this except guy's this my guy first baseman. This guy's up, so maybe I want him like, to do – when we got the news that Kike Hernandez just now got a two-run homer, thank you. Maybe he twerked afterwards. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy with that because I'm still all Nats there. But, all right. But, yeah, so it does change kind of how you watch. Mm-hmm. It's also going to open up how people – 
bet. They don't have to bet just on the outcome of the game. They may bet on, say, how many strikeouts Corey Kluber gets or, you know, how fast, you know, uh, Verlander is going to, you know, is going to get the side out. There's a million different things you can bet on now. 538 had a piece that I thought was actually pretty funny about this is just going to make it easier for people to place bad bets. So it's going to make, I think it could be good for baseball because it's making more people watch more games because you have people on teams other than your home team that you're following. So it could be a good thing. That is the argument that was used for on, on the pro side in, in, in the Supreme Court right there. It's hey, gonna, I'm pro. It's going to build the interest in the team. It may also change how sports is covered. We've sports journalists and like have always sort of like had a little wink in their eye when they talk about this like the newspaper remember newspapers Mm -hmm. have always like in football season always had the line on the game right you know like plus three plus seven minus this it's always been there we just didn't talk about it and now we talk about it so now our our sports caster is going to spend time more time just straight out talking about the gambling implications of a game. Okay, I have one more question. It's just that this, so you're saying that this is a state-by-state going to be legislated thing. What about the wonderful world of the internet that is all things to all people for sports betting? Beats the heck out of me. All right, let's just move along then. So I just want to say that Nasty grams go beyond shoes. Last week, we had our shoe fashion segment when we were talking about MLB giving nasty grams related to shoes that were not up to par. Those for, cleats that were solid black or those cleats that had pink elephants. Yeah, the solid black ones were Zobrist, right, of the Cubs who was doing it because they were more authentic. And the Cubs got double slammed. So their catcher, who we've talked about before, Wilson Contreras, he's been wearing a sleeve of the flag of Venezuela. And he had two different versions of the sleeve. One was last year that, I don't know, it was the, it was just arranged differently, but the same basic idea. And there's a different one this year. And he got a nasty gram about the sleeve. And when we're looking back at those MLB rules, I'm thinking it's the one that responds to that 51% of whatever part of your uniform has to be the color of your team, which is what screwed Zobrist for this. I'm just concerned because both of them did this last year and got no nasty grams. Both of them got nasty grams now. And I think for the Contreras one, it's worse for baseball because it's been exciting seeing these guys from different countries come together, play together, show their patriotism to their country and to baseball at the same time. So wearing that Venezuelan sleeve, and we've been following Venezuelan players like crazy, it was a great thing for baseball. So to take that off, uh, uh, Contreras has made no comment. Zobrist had a lot to say. He was saying he put out the whole thing about how he was honoring players of old. Contreras hasn't said anything, and I'm wondering why, and I'm wondering if other players who are that passionate about their countries are going to step up and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Well, Joe Madden actually said that it appears that his team has been talking amongst themselves, huh. right, because their team the Cubs, has Zobrist and has Contreras on it, both of whom got these nasty grams. And it could be that they're talking about a joint statement or a proposal or something. I hope so. As as a team, they have each other's backs, which is really cool. 
because Contreras hasn't said anything publicly about it, we don't know what the rule was. And we mm-hmm. got that, you know, with the cleats, like, oh, you know, it's the 51% or you can't you can't modify, um, you know, the, the uniform. These sleeves are compression sleeves that players typically wear when they're batting somewhere more than that. So you'll see them when people come up to bat. They're not, they're not like officially issued uniform right. pieces. So I'm, I'm really curious uniform. to see what that is. But I absolutely agree with you. If we're trying to grow the game, show that where you come from. Show this your colors. Show your colors. Speaking of showing colors, we want to give a shout out to baseball in many uh, po- different types of populations, including women. And it's the 75th anniversary of the Rockford Peaches Woo-hoo. with League of Our Own, where the name of our podcast comes from. And there's big celebrations happening starting May 30th, not too far from now, about a week and a day after this podcast drops and going through June 3rd in Rockford, Illinois. So we're going to put that link out there on all of our social media and please follow them because they're doing amazing things. The International Women in Baseball Center and the 75th Anniversary Peaches website are all having great events around this. And if you're local to any of those, you should go and show your support. Our Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League Weird. The scores are spreading out, right? Season the rankings. Is progressing. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we we're saying everybody was clumped together. Everyone's mm-hmm. on a couple of points, except for Potty Mouth, whose first team is still mm-hmm. 20 points ahead of everybody else. Ooh, while I but sip. now there's a little bit like five points here and six points there. And and, and it's weird how that is kind of happening. And there's still some swings during the course of the week, but they're 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 bigger swings involving a lot more points. So tell us where we are. I forgot to fix my pitching for next week, so I'm saying this might be be changing soon because our deadline for fixing shit was yesterday and here it is today and I forgot to fix my stuff but as of right now I, well the pitching was for my B team my my A team as There's I no said hope for your B team as, right I, now. as I had said before really my no A hope. team with the Astros pitchers that's just holding me together plus Mookie Betts who is 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 number 1 in so many categories I can't even list them so I'm number 1 thanks to Mookie and the Astros pitching. Your commish team is number two. Deborah's pulling up. She's number three now. And then you're back in it. NCIB number four. And our Tacoma Park socks are out of the basement in fifth place. Second time in two weeks. Good job, honey. <laughs> okay, fans of the podcast, we need your help. Please, please, please. Here's what we need you to do. We need to grow our audience. You like us? We... I bet you know other people who will like us and people we don't even know who would like us. How do they find out about us? You, our listeners, go to Apple Podcast and write a review of No Crying in Baseball. That helps other people find us so they too can have fun with our podcast every week. Tell your friends, write reviews, give us a rating, and subscribe. And have your friends subscribe too. We love you. We're so happy that you're with us. And until next time. Say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Was it lovely? <laughs>